I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from The Cut and my general pop culture musings. Guys, New York last weekend, such a success. Had so much fun celebrating Elena's birthday. We were all over that city. Well, all over a lot of Manhattan and Brooklyn. Um, and just had a time. We went to... Ludlow House, which is one of the Soho houses in New York. They have three in New York alone. I think that's crazy. Um, Luckily, our friend Matt has a membership there. So thank you to Matt for letting us mooch off it. We had a great time. Loved hanging out with you. And we saw members of SNL. And this was hilarious because we were so determined the night before to like find out where the after party was and like attempt to sneak in. Like not in actuality because with Kim Kardashian's security, like there was no way that was happening. But I just thought it was so funny that the next day on Sunday, we saw some of the cast members. We saw Alex, we saw Heidi Gardner, uh, Melissa. So it was just a time. You're like not supposed to approach people at Soho House. And I wouldn't have had the balls to do that anyways. Like they were literally celebrating Melissa's birthday. Um, But I, I admired from afar. It was fascinating. Heidi has the coolest fashion. Elena turned me on to her fashion. She's like always looks immaculate. And she's so tall and model like in person. Um, also while I was there, I took a picture of Elena's friend, John, and he was wearing the quote from Erica Jane, where she just like says this crazy story. And I'm sure you've seen it memed like a million times by now. Erica Jane obviously is on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She is tied up in the whole Tom Girardi scandal. He's a lawyer, a longtime lawyer and scammed over his clients. Like we've, we talked about on her on here before. So his sweatshirt said Tom's house was broken into and he confronted the burglar and then he had to go have eye surgery. And then my son had to go over and help. And then my son, he rolled over his car five times on the way home. Yeah, I'm under a lot of stress. So I took a picture of him in that sweatshirt and I put it on my Instagram story. And I have warned you guys, like if you are worried about a celeb seeing your story, don't tag them in it because they might see it. Obviously, I wanted her to see it. I only tag people if I want them to see it, clearly. And um, Erica Jane or Erica Jane's press person viewed the story of him wearing that sweatshirt. And I just love that she's either monitoring her social or she's having someone monitor her social for her um and I think she's probably very intrigued about what people are saying about her on the on the internet I totally have forgotten that last week during work like I must have been in a low spot I applied to be on let's make a deal because it said they were casting siblings and they're doing remote filming right now where you can like film from your home and so I applied for Kenzie and myself and they they texted me and they're like, hi, this is so-and-so from Let's Make a Deal Casting. Like, would you like to set up a Zoom interview? And then I just totally chickened out. I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, no, I've also like, I don't think I've ever seen Let's Make a Deal. I don't even know what goes on in that show. Oh my gosh, before I forget, last week I had asked if I actually had Russian listeners and I had a Russian listener so sweetly reach out to me and tell me that she listens every week. So thank you so much. I know I, I messaged you back and said that made my day, but it really did. Like it warms my heart to hear from you guys. Um, I know I also have some listeners in... Vietnam, India, the Philippines, um, Great Britain, Canada. Shout out to all of you guys. Uh, France. 
I know there's more, but those are the ones that I chart in sometimes. I might, I'm sorry if I'm, oh, Poland. Poland's another one I chart in. So thank all of you guys. I love that I have international listeners listening to this craziness. Uh, I had the realization when I was watching Only Murders in the Building and Vanderpump kind of in succession of one another. I am convinced that James Kennedy will look like Martin Short as he ages. Like, I feel like they even have similar mannerisms, and I love that for him. I just, like, think James Kennedy is going to be such a little funny old man. And I have to say, I know James Kennedy is such a polarizing character on Vanderpump, but, and he's so many seasons been the villain, and I think he's 100% off the kilter, like, needs a little bit of anger management therapy. I think he's aware of that. But Sober James is so refreshing I think he's California sober. Like, I think he hits the J's quite frequently. Um, But his engagement to Raquel, I was like tearing up, guys. It was so adorable. I just felt genuine love between them. I love when he was giving her the little pep talk that she's she should never feel embarrassed. And like, he's he's proud to be with her. And because I just my heart broke for Raquel I know I'm not like a Vanderpump recap person but this show and their relationship in the last couple episodes I mean I didn't think they had a chance in Hades of making it this far and there really was something heartwarming about it I don't know if you guys are watching Vanderpump this season I was a little skeptical since so many of the old timers got kicked off literally fired for you know insensitive racist comments um, and maybe some of them chose not to return, but I'm pretty sure all of them, like Brittany, Jack, Stassi, Kristen, they all got the boot. So I was skeptical about how it was going to be. And I've seen a lot of people complaining about this season, but I find it delightful. I-, I just want more. I love it. Okay. Switching gears for a second. The Wanted released a new song. It's called Rule the World. I just watched the music video. Guys, I got literal chills. They have such bangers, and it's not that this is their best song by any means. Go back. If you haven't listened to The Wanted's Glad You Came, Gold Forever, I mean, I could go on. They have so many incredible songs if you just want to feel hyped up and good about yourself. And this was such an era for Elena and me. I mean, we went to so many Wanted concerts and they were always so much fun and incredible because they'd be in these small little intimate venues and it was like seeing One Direction like a boy band at this little tiny venue and obviously I'm sure many people consider them a bootleg One Direction and I don't even feel like they were really in the same lane they made different sounding music they were older they were corny in a different way literally there was a time where Elena and me went to Dallas for 24 hours. It was in the middle of the week. I t- said at to school that I was sick. I never told my friends like until a lot longer later <laughs> where I had been. I never told my parents. Like we just went there for 24 hours. I turned off my location services because we had won this contest for free tickets and to meet them. And I mean, again, they were like our one direction of the time. It was the best experience. We went so crazy. I'm sure I've told the story on here before because that was the time where we went to the wrong hotel room. We woke up in the sea of Corona bottles. Elena missed her flight. I only narrowly made mine. I was just lucky that mine happened to be a little bit later in the day. Like we didn't, we, we didn't set alarms. We were sleeping on top of our comforters. So I have such good memories about The Wanted. I went to concerts with my siblings. I know Anna came to a concert with... Elena and me and 
it's it was again it was just such an era and i just got such warm fuzzy feelings hearing them come out with a new song and my favorite tom parker um i think it was last year or the year before he was diagnosed with a incredibly deadly brain tumor and now he's in recovery and just to see him like out there making music oh my heart I also love that Nathan, one of the members, dated Ariana Grande, and I feel like that was the closest any of them got to true, like, A-list adjacent material. Um, (laughs) I just, again, I love them so much. I just had to talk about them and talk about their little resurgence, and I'm just glad they're back. They used to always send these things called Wanted Wednesday emails, and they've started doing that again. I feel like I'm straight back in 2012 which was a great era for me in pop culture. Like I did a lot in 2012, guys. It was the very bedrock of this podcast, I feel like. When you get older, you're gonna see the world. Far away from where you grow up, you'll find yourself for sure. When you reach the stars, reach the stars, don't you ever change who you are. Christine Chu from uh, Bling Empire, which was on Netflix, incredible reality show. I loved every second of it. She was on Dancing with the Stars this season, and she recently got the boot, and I didn't realize that she is a fellow Tri-Delta sister. They posted, and it said, our dancing sister with three Ds. I was like, oh, man, you guys really, you, you try to keep the triple Ds going. I just found that so funny and and amazing, and I love that she's a sister. (laughs) Megan King Edmonds, uh, not to have more Bravo talk, she was another Real Housewives star. She married uh, President Biden's nephew this past weekend. So Biden and the First Lady were in attendance. I read that they met on Raya, which we love. Uh, his name is Cuff Owens, C-U-F-F-E Owens, which I kind of like that name. Odd, but I like it. Uh, he's an attorney, and his mom is actually like a pretty close advisor to Biden. So it's just crazy that I feel like I don't even think people knew they were dating, and then all of a sudden they were married. And then she has the president at her wedding. I mean, what a wild turn of events because Jim Edmonds, I think he is one of the most insufferable real house husbands in history i find him repulsive he the same weekend this was happening wore some like anti-biden sweatshirt i'm like grow up get over yourself guys i have an important update from last week uh megan (laughs) trainer obviously please go back and listen to our conversation about megan trainer and daryl sabara's side-by-side toilets it was one of my favorite things i've ever read or talked about So on TikTok, she posted a picture of her sitting on the toilet and Celine Dion's All By Myself is playing in the background while she looks forlornly at the camera. And I I love that she's in on the joke. She went on one of the Jimmy's, I think it was Jimmy Fallon, and she showed pictures of her toilet setup, which thank God, because you guys know I was dying to actually see an in-person picture of this setup. It's worse than I thought. I mean, it's ugly. They they just have this sad little toilet holder, just one, mind you, between the two toilets. They're weirdly close to the door. It It's just not aesthetically pleasing at 
all. And what makes it worse is that the two toilets, they're not even the same toilet. One is square. One is a square, like, fancy-looking Japanese Toto toilet. The other one's, like, the basic one I have from Home Depot. The fact that they don't match makes my brain hurt. And, of course, Megan's is the fancier Toto one. Uh, Hers is closer to the wall. Daryl's is closer to the door, which, honestly, it looks just like an open doorway. They don't even bother with the door, I guess. Maybe it has a door. I just can't see it from the picture. But I'm so disturbed by this. They are so close. Remember when I was wondering if they could, like, reach out and wipe each other? Oh, they definitely could with their one shared roll of toilet paper. It is so close. The way my butt, like, hangs over the toilet seat, if someone else's butt was hanging over the toilet seat, we might touch butt sides. That's, I mean, it's not that close. There's, But it it's close, guys. It's too close for comfort, okay? All right. <laughs> I think it's time to get into our first article of the day. Y'all, breaking news before we get into the articles. Kravis, Kourtney Kardashian, Travis Barker, engaged. I'm sure you've seen it a million times if you follow any sort of pop culture you know things but I just feel like I couldn't not say that we've talked about them so much on here so I wonder if uh, Megan Fox and MGK will follow in their footsteps shortly of Megan and MGK we are about to discuss them in depth I hope you're ready for what I'm about to grace your ears with (laughs) This is the British GQ article that I feel like has been heard around the world. I've heard so many little pull-out quotes from this, so obviously I had to read it and include it on here. And it's called Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are Hollywood's hottest new power couple by Molly Lambert. And I just, to be Molly in this situation, she really got the whole journey. They start out at a tattoo parlor. They move on to Soho House, have a little dinner together. I think they even go out after that. They go like they move to a bar to have more drinks. What a time. So the article starts out saying in the back room of a studio, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are giving each other tattoos while I watch. The lovebirds matching tattoos will read the darkest fairy tale. A phrase Fox says alludes back to one of the first text messages we ever sent each other. So MGK tattoos Megan first. Can I just go on the record and say... I would never be comfortable tattooing someone. Like, I know I don't have that skill. True tattoo artists are truly artists. And the fact that they just think they can put ink on each other, it really seems like a life safety issue. I'm wondering if these needles are properly sanitized. Is there an actual tattoo artist making sure that they're not puncturing a vein? It's just a little too nonchalant with the tattoo gun, if you're asking me. So Megan goes and she says, I'm just scared that I fucked it up. She exclaims nervously. He reassures her instantly. Fucking best tattoo I've ever seen in my life. Fox thinks she went too light, but they'll let it heal and go over it later. It looks like a fairy ghost did it, right? MGK says, it's all haunted. She laughs at that and they kiss. I have to interject at this moment to say that... The love story of these two really began on the set of one of Randall Emmett's films uh, that they famously, like, didn't go to the premiere of, bashed in the press, basically called it a shitty movie. It also had Bruce Willis in it. And I bring this up because Randall and his wife Lala, who's on Vanderpump Rules, have been very much on the page six genre of news lately because... 
It's rumored that Lala left Randall because he was seen in Tennessee bringing two younger women back to his hotel room. I have a few thoughts on this, and none of them really align with one another. First off, I will say that Randall cheated on his wife, who actually is in You. She plays um, the girlfriend in the first season, like his ex-girlfriend that he thinks is dead. That's uh, Randall's ex-wife. So he cheated on her with Lala. And now Lala and Randall have been together about three years. But it's kind of like, okay, if someone's going to cheat with you, like they can cheat on you, right? I feel like that's a pretty common refrain we are taught and just know innately. Like a tiger's not really going to change their stripes necessarily. So you shouldn't be too shocked when they then go and cheat on you in your marriage not condoning his behavior at all. I think cheating is disgusting. Break up with someone. I mean, if you don't have the balls to that, like you're just, you have, I I have a lot of thoughts on that. Don't get me started. But I also wonder if this is partially um, a press move. I think they are very knowledgeable about how to keep their names relevant. But... I'm just torn which one it is or if it's just somewhere in the middle where Lala's pissed at him. So she is staying at the Beverly Hills Hotel. There was footage of her. A Beyonce song called Sorry was playing in the background. I believe that's off Lemonade where she reveals that Jay-Z was cheating on her. So everyone was kind of reading into that. I think she might have just been staying there because she had a book signing at the Grove tonight. And so I know they live – I think they live kind of more – like a little bit outside of LA. So it could have just been a coincidence, but I do think, again, they like to stir up the rumor mill. They've never really followed each other on Instagram. If they did, like it for a while, they haven't. So you can't read too much into that. And part of the reason I think this could be a press grab is because for all we know, this could have been innocent. Do I think it was? No, but he could have just been with two girls that he was in like meeting with other people at a party In the pictures and in the video of him walking with them, he doesn't appear to be, you know, close to them, touching them, anything like that. Like, this could have been a platonic situation that has got twisted in the press. Who knows? But he doesn't have a mask on. It's very clearly him. There's multiple eyewitnesses. I don't know. I think a lot of people who are Vanderpump fans are invested in this storyline. And, you know, people are hating and saying Vanderpump Rules is boring this season. That's why I'm skeptical that this could just be to drum up some drama. You never know with the Hollywood machine, guys. I don't know if that sounds a little conspiracy theory-ish, but you really never know. Okay, anyways, back to Megan and MGK. Uh, So this points out that they actually met a few years before being on Randall's movie, and they were actually, ironically, introduced at a GQ party in LA. And Megan says, this weird thing happened. We didn't see each other. Do you remember seeing my face? That's what's crazy, he says. I don't. I don't remember your face. I don't remember your face and I definitely would have remembered his face. Megan Fox continues. I just remember this tall, blonde, ghostly creature. And I looked up and I was like, you smell like weed. And he looked down at me and he was like, I am weed. Then I swear to God, he disappeared like a ninja in a smoke bomb. (laughs) I'm sure you've seen that pullout quote from this article because I feel like him saying I am weed is getting a lot of attention. And then Molly writes, they both laugh about how they couldn't see each other's faces. Fox has a theory. I think we weren't allowed to see each other yet. We weren't supposed to run into each other that night. 
So our souls, our spirit guides were luring us away from each other because you literally had no face. Like that thing from Spirited Away. It's hard to see his face in general, but really he had no face that night. She turns to him. Thank God, because what torture had I known you were there and I couldn't get to you. It was better that I didn't know. Oh, wow. Lots to unpack. First off, I really like that she says, it's hard to see his face in general. (laughs) Because I do feel like blondes have this problem where if they don't have on a little mascara, a little brow gel, sometimes if they have, you know, blonde hair, the features can get a little lost in the sauce. Um, I, I wonder if she's a Studio Ghibli fan. She cites Spirited Away. I... I don't want to be too harsh on people who use this like goo goo gaga voodoo woo woo language because you know I've got a lot of woo woo in me but I cannot imagine like looking at a journalist with a straight face and saying this and the tone of this and how it's written it sounds like she's saying this in earnest which I truly don't know how I would react if someone was saying this to my face. I like to think I'd be able to keep a straight face, but I think this would just spiral me into so many questions. Like, have you always talked like this? Can you tell me more about your spirit guides? Like, do you believe your souls are eternally joined? Do you believe you can have more than one soulmate? Like, it would be such a slippery slope. I would be down the slip and slide to hell with these two because it is a ride I would not be able to get off. I wouldn't be able to look away. But yeah, now that I think about it, I do think I'd be able to keep a straight face because I would just be so intrigued. And just this idea that you can come across people in your life and that the timing's not right necessarily at that moment. I think that's what she's getting across because obviously she was with Brian Austin Green when this when they first very first met at this GQ party. And I kind of like that idea that, you know, your souls weren't ready at that time. And then you really saw each other. So I'm just going to take it as a metaphor and not real, but go off. Uh, As their relationship was burgeoning, you know, they were just kind of flirty, hanging out in the green room. Uh, He apparently sent her a couple text messages and one that said, I am weed. So I guess he remembered that little meeting, even though they kind of said they didn't. Um... He also repeated his filthy first line of dialogue to her, which is allegedly like the first line he had to say to her when he was filming the Randall Emmett movie. I don't know what it is. I feel like I need to go watch that movie now to just bring this all full circle. Uh, He says that Megan was charmed and said, I just responded like how every fairy tale begins. Fairy tale is a really ongoing theme in all of this. And he ended the conversation with all the good ones at least dot dot dot. This is another quote that you've probably heard if you've heard people discuss about this article because people really couldn't get over this. It says, even our first kiss, she wouldn't kiss me. We just put our lips right in front of each other and breathed each other's breath. And then she just left. I mean, kind of a move, kind of like a like a little tease moment. You know, I I don't think that's as odd as people are making it out to be. I literally think she was just teasing him, giving him some blue balls, you know. I love this. I mean, I like this a lot. Am I a sucker? Not the not the air breathing, but this next part. For their first real date, MGK picked Fox up in a 1974 Cadillac convertible, and they listened to Ella Fitzgerald. He drove her to a canyon's edge where he had a friend waiting with a picnic set up on a blanket and a sea of roses. Okay, you know, the first time I read this, I was really into this, but then I'm like, wait, why did the friend set up the picnic? Like, he should have gone up ahead of time, set up the picnic him damn self. 
So then they drove down Sunset Boulevard to the Roxy Theater, which was closed. We went to the roof and played pop punk and made out, he recalls, tippling a glass of Casamigos tequila. I thought that was a really adorable, like, little first date. And then I was like, did this just casually become a Casamigos ad? And then I was just in a black hole of Googling whether MGK has a stake in Casamigos. And I looked it up, and it seems like he does have sort of an informal relationship with them and that he gets some stuff for free, or it's just truly his favorite alcohol. Because three years ago, in 2018, he had his 28th birthday at a Casamigos bar. So I think there's something there, you know? It's clearly what he always asks for. I'm sure him and Denise Richards would get along great, splendidly. He says, I remember she really fell in love when I made her die laughing in a fort we made in her living room. I'm such a sucker for that. Like, give me a little pillow for I'm a sucker for that clearly I I love living like I'm a child you know the childlike wonder I really don't think we should ever lose that I, I am a child at heart so this really spoke to me I also learned in this article that MGK was actually born in Houston Texas which I'm going in a couple weeks to my friend Liz's wedding I'm so excited Liz and Steph love them both and he was born to missionary parents so Wow, this is really like that idea of like the preacher's daughter like going wild and being a rebel and like sexing up her little church outfit. I feel like that is MGK. Like he's like, I'm a hot topic, bro. This is a very intense relationship, she says. Our souls chose this to absolutely have to face our shadow selves, to face things about ourselves we didn't want to have to know, that we tried to push away. I say it seems like they have the intensity of a first love. I'm sorry, that's what Molly says to them. It should be light, but also we go to hell with each other, MGK says. Ecstasy and agony for sure. I don't want people to think anything's perfect with us. I didn't say it was the darkest fairy tale for no reason. God help you if you would have met us last Saturday, she laughs. There's also the demonic side, she notes, with a devilish smile. Fox only smiles or laugh when she genuinely means it, which makes it feel special when she does. Theirs is a Gomez and Morticia Adams type of love, which, I mean, is there a better relationship than Gomez and Morticia Adams? It's actually my idea of like a really functional TV movie relationship. Rewatch it if you don't believe me. Like the the one with Christina Ricci, I'm telling you, look at Gomez and Morticia and you'll see what I mean. So again, I mean, talking about shadow selves, I'm like, is this what they learned when they went and like smoked the ayahuasca? Where they, or like, where is this coming from? Where is this sort of linguistic? Uh, what's the word for it, guys? Just talking like this. It's it's. I don't want to judge it again, but I just, I want to know where it's coming from. Like, is it coming from a therapist? Is it coming from the ayahuasca? Is it coming from books? I don't know. I hope you guys like that. This is another non-cut article. Um, This is from Slate, actually. And it's called Celebrity Crypto Shilling is a Moral Disaster. Take it from me, I'm a former teen soap star. And this is written by Ben McKenzie and Jacob Silverman. Now, if you are not a true OC fan like myself, Ben McKenzie might not ring a bell for you. But Ben McKenzie, how many times can I say Ben McKenzie, plays Ryan, the resident bad boy on the OC. Everyone's you know, favorite character deep down. Obviously, I was the Seth Cohen fan, but like there's something also very appealing and sweet about about Ryan. And I think Ben McKenzie was just the perfect one for the role. 
Uh, Jacob Silverman is a journalist, so apparently they are writing a book together about crypto and fraud. So I think this is partially, you know, a press move on their part uh, to get word out that they're working on this book together. But it it talks about how broadly how celebrities shouldn't be shilling cryptocurrencies online. So it says. Only one person has this power over the doom-scrolling masses, Kim Kardashian, who over the summer posted a story promoting a new, almost completely unknown cryptocurrency called Ethereum Max. Are you guys into crypto? The post read. This is not financial advice, but sharing what my friends just told me about the Ethereum Max token. A few minutes ago, Ethereum Max burned 400 trillion tokens, literally 50% of their admin wallet, giving back to the entire Emax community. Swipe up to join the Emax community. At the very end, a small hashtag ad made clear that the story had been paid for. I feel like this should have been one of her skits on SNL. Like, that just sounded like an SNL script as I was reading that. Um, And the article goes on to describe how Ethereum Max, not to be confused with Ethereum, which is one of the more considered legit forms of cryptocurrency along with Bitcoin, how Ethereum Max majorly crashed soon after Kim's post, and how... He says throughout, he's like, I get it. Celebs need to make money. You know, I get that you might have to shell things on the internet. He's like, I'm not above that. If someone came to me, like, I'd probably do the same for the right amount of money. Maybe I'm putting words in his mouth by saying that. But that was the that was the gist, you know. But he thinks it's really morally wrong to do that with cryptocurrency because of the speculative nature of it, kind of how unknown it is, how risky it can be. And because you don't know who's on the other side of the person who's viewing your story, like, my general understanding of investments is like it's okay for a young person to take a lot of risk because they have time to recover from it. But when you're, you know, retirement age or older, you might not want to take as much risk because there's less time for it to recover. So I think that's kind of what he was taking issue with. But if I'm being completely honest with you guys, which I always am, I really just want to talk about this part of the article. <laughs> it talks about how he got into, you know, actor dumb I guess he says a friend from Summerstock theater was casting a diet Dr. Pepper ad aside I really love diet Dr. Pepper it's it's tied basically with diet Dr. Coke for me not as readily available so I usually go with a diet Coke but diet Dr. Pepper ooh, is crisp so they were filming an ad it was called the Holland Globetrotters after 30 seconds of bumbling at an athletic Dutchman playing basketball in wooden shoes, my character off-screen fan guy, that's what Ben's character was named, yells to one of the players, you demand, Uter. <laughs> the ad was fine. You can judge the res- results for yourself on YouTube. And for whatever reason, it ran for years, literally changing my life. I earned thousands of dollars in residuals I desperately needed and landed an agent who was convinced I was some sort of voiceover savant. When I failed to book another voiceover gig, the agent fired me. Them's the breaks in Hollywood. I don't even know what that means. Oh, so obviously I need to share a little clip of that commercial with you guys. Not everything can be as good as the original, but Diet Dr. Pepper is. Diet Dr. Pepper. You demand, Tastes more like regular Dr. Pepper. Did you catch that little, you demand, Uder, at the end there? The fact that he made thousands off of that in residuals, do I need to get into voice acting? I mean, how? It's not, you can barely hear it. All right, we are finally getting into our first cut article of the day. This one also delighted me. And now some drama over sprinkles by Mia Mercado. To give a little background, there was a bakery called Get Baked in Leeds. It's in the UK. 
And it was reported to the UK trading standards for using quote unquote illegal sprinkles. The trading standards inspector said they'd had reports of us using illegal sprinkles, and I actually laughed by mistake, then realized he was being serious. Bakery owner Rich Myers told BBC, as explained in the Facebook post, Get Baked imports sprinkles from the U.S., which can contain color additives that aren't allowed in the U.K., namely red dye number three, which a spokesperson for trading standards told the BBC is only approved for use in the U.K. in cocktail cherries and candy cherries, which... Begs the question, if it's allowed in those, like, why isn't it allowed in the sprinkles? So I have to read you these Facebook posts because they're just so good. It starts out, just a quick heads up to let you all know that we're closed tomorrow for the following reasons. One, staff training. Two, need to get some other important shit done. Three, everyone's fucking knackered. It's like, did Roy Kent write this Facebook post? This weekend has been utterly sensational. We've had customers visit from countless cities, sold fuck tons of Bruce in various forms. Let me interject here to say that the Bruce is the name of their multi-layered cake, which I'd like to think is from Bruce from Matilda, you know, and one of the Bruce forms is like a funfetti one that has sprinkles in it. Oh, and not to mention a lovely visit from trading standards on Friday after someone reported us for using what are apparently illegal sprinkles. More on that one next week. Hope you fail get baked it's signed gb as in get baked it goes on to say the sprinkles are imported from usa and may contain colorings that aren't allowed over here they're being tested and we will find out next week i realize how insane this is unfortunately i'm only prepared to use them and no others if i can't use them i won't use any i will be on sprinkle strike and won't budge for no man Anyone who's into sprinkles will know what I'm on about. Sprinkles you can get in this country are totally shit. They look wank. They bake wank. Birthday Bruce will never be the same again. I've genuinely lost sleep over this. Not to mention the raspberry glazed donut cookie. Don't even get me fucking started. I'll tell you one thing though. If this doesn't result in a new t-shirt slogan, I'm hanging up my fucking hat. Done and done. <laughs> Sprinklegate update. It's not good news. We have heard back from trading standards and have been told that we must cease use of our sprinkles with immediate effect. Obviously, we'll be following the rules and removing them as of now. Whilst this might see, not seem like it's a big deal, it's actually very fucking annoying. As a lot of people ask for birthday bruises and raspberry glazed donut cookies are not only our best-selling cookie, but they're utterly sensational. It is highly unlikely that we will find any legal sprinkles that we will use as a replacement. British sprinkles just aren't the same. They're totally shit, and I hate them. I'm extremely passionate about sprinkles. I need to think this one over. We will obviously need to make some adjustments on the menu in order to compensate for this truly horrendous ordeal. To whoever reported us to trading standards, all I have to say is, dear Lord, what a sad little life, Jane. My daughter, who is now seven months, has to live with the fact that daddy can't take her to Disneyland because man can't sell any fucking cookies. Done and done. Get baked. <laughs> I mean, that rivals the sorority letter talking about getting cunt punted back in the day. I mean... I am also passionate about sprinkles. Show me a sprinkle. I am in heaven. It could taste like shit, but it has sprinkles. I'm happy. There's, I know they don't really add a flavor, but you will not see me getting like a cute cone without wanting to also get sprinkles on it. Carvel, my local ice cream place that is also a chain. I understand it's not like purely my local ice cream place. 
um, they don't really love to put the sprinkles on the soft serve comb because it like is a big mess. So I ask for them on the side sometimes. So I can sprinkle them on myself. So as a fellow person who is passionate about sprinkles, I feel this man's pain. And I truly hope that he gets to go to Disneyland or Disney World, which I am partial to. Okay, moving on. A little kiss has been cruelly denied us by Claire Lampin. She writes, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but the world could have enjoyed steamy footage of Matt Damon hate-kissing Ben Affleck were it not for the editorial judgment of director Ridley Scott. According to Entertainment Tonight, the two actors slash best friends were supposed to lock lips in the forthcoming period drama The Last Duel until Scott deemed the moment too distracting. To which I say, for whom? You know, Claire, normally I would be with you. I'm all for a same-sex kiss, Uh, you know, especially a steamy one. But I don't think I need to see Matt Damon and Ben Affleck kissing. I feel kind of overexposed to both of them lately. There was that awful story that I didn't cover on here where Matt Damon was on a late night talk show and basically told a story about how just recently his young daughter had to tell him that it's not appropriate to use the F word um, to describe gay people. Uh, Come again? So... I just really didn't need to see him engage in this behavior because I find him distasteful now. And um, on top of that, I just have no desire to see this movie. I love Jodie Comer, who is in uh, who plays Villanelle and Killing Eve. I, you know, I can dabble in some Adam Driver. I think he's talented. He's also in this. Matt Damon looks ugly as hell in this movie. I'll say that. Uh, you know how we were talking about Meth Damon, Kirsten Dunst's husband? That's not my words, but that's what some people like to call him. I have to say, Jesse Plemons, a.k.a. Meth David, looking much better than Matt Damon does in this film. Anyways, I won't be seeing it. I, I don't really like a period piece. Is that what you call these type of things? Like, I just... You know, it's a story of a knight defending his wife's honor against a rapist squire in 1300s France. Um, I just, I mean, I'm all for like, you know, let's get the rapist squire. But uh, again, the only thing like that I liked was Knight's Tale. And that had the nice modern rock aspect to it. Maybe I'll eat my words. Maybe I'll see this. But there's just way too many good things out there for me to watch to be bothered with this. And uh, apparently this kissing scene was in the original script because it was to maintain historical accuracy. I don't know Claire if Claire's being flippant in saying that, but Affleck said that in the original actual version of that scene, the way that the ceremony actually took place was that you kissed everybody on the mouth. Okay, so maybe that was just, maybe that's the historical accuracy part of it. And he says that would have been our first on-screen kiss, which, as Claire points out, means they probably have kissed off-screen, which I'm sure they have. They probably kissed, like, when they were doing Goodwill Hunting, just out of pure elation that they basically were plucked from obscurity on that. Even though I've said before that I watched Ben Affleck on Voyage of the Mimi when I was in elementary school, so he wasn't really plucked from obscurity. But you know what I mean. That was, like, a big break. That was their baby. I'm sure they kissed on that out of joy. Okay, we have made it to our legit shit for the day. And I want to talk about Cloud Nine Clay. I picked up this vase when I was in Philly with Elena for the Harry Styles concert. And it's so pretty. I'm looking at it right now. I have some nice flowers in it. And she has an online site. Also, Madewell like, sell or did sell some of her stuff. I'm not sure if it's still available on there. 
but she's put a lot of her stuff online. She also has all these other cute little gifts and stuff. So if you're looking for like a nice early Christmas present and want to get it taken care of, I think she has so much cute stuff on her site. Um, check it out. It's all like literally I'm scrolling through it right now. It's all so cute. Um, and as always, please, please, please leave a five star review. Even more ideal, a written review on Apple Podcasts subscribe tell your friends to subscribe and please like if you've listened and you're enjoying my episode take a little cheeky screenshot and tag me on instagram at bailey evan or at kind of cute i'll repost you i can only repost you or see it if you actually tag one of my accounts otherwise it not to use gets lost in the sauce twice in this episode but it, it gets lost in the sauce so please do that and i will see you next week bye